0: You are listening to episode 167 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark I'm one of the three co-hosts here on Shades Midweek, and I just wanted to let you know that we are so grateful and thankful that you are listening week after week after week. I am joined as usual here in Three Stream Studio by my friends. Brad Brown and Jonathan Haifes. Uh Jonathan, some exciting things happening in your world. You are. You look a little tired. Your eyes look a little red, uh, like you didn't get much sleep last night because you got to witness something epic.
1: Am I shining with the glow like I've come down off of Mount Sinai? Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, I may or may not have rolled in at 1 a.m. Um, oh. <laughs> last night. Um yeah, man. I went to to the Dave Matthews concert with my brother in Atlanta wow. last night. So it was my, my third time seeing Dave Matthews. Apparently, I'm on a once a decade kind of thing. I saw him in like 2002 when I was in high, a senior in high school. I saw him uh, here at Oak Mountain, probably circa 2011-ish, 10, something like that. And then now... And so, yeah, man, it was my brother's first time getting to see him, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was everything that you hope for in a Dave concert. Like, you get some old stuff, you get some new stuff, you get some different versions of stuff, there's some little surprises here and there, and then you you get, like, a crazy guest appearance, you know? And so it was wild. So wildest moment of the whole night is uh, they have, as a guest appearance, Chuck LaValle, if you don't know who Chuck Laval is, he was the keyboardist for the Allman Brothers in the 70s, and since 1982, I believe, he has been the keyboardist for the Rolling Stones. No mm. big deal. Yeah, no big deal at all. So he comes out and plays three songs with them. Uh, the first one is Melissa, which is an Allman Brothers song. The second one is uh, Grace is Gone, which is one of my favorite Dave songs off the Busted Stuff album. And then third, they play the Rolling Stones song Honky Tonk Women. <laughs> Unbelievable. Blew, Welcome to the South. Blew the roof off the pl- I told John Mark, I was like, I think it's the loudest the crowd was the whole night. Because we're in, I mean, we're in Georgia, you know, and anyway. So wow. it was a blast. They closed with two step, uh, which is a classic. Um and did just this crazy breakdown. It was a 16 minute version of Two Step. Holy moly! It was it was so fantastic. I mean, if you if you count all the little tidbits, like because they'll play little bits of songs here and there sometimes. Um, you know, like, like kind of like we do, like they'll do a tag or yeah. they'll do an intro yeah. or something like mm, that. If you yeah. count all of that, I think the set was like 23 songs, right, or something. It was like if two hours. And if you count some minutes. of the
0: fake outs that they did, yeah.
1: So it wow. was. It was a good time. It was a wild time and I am uh, I'm a better man this morning. You've been changed. <laughs> You've been transformed. No I mean, they are uh, like it depends on what you look for in a concert, right? because um, they're definitely bigger stage production type shows. You know, So, like, going to, like, a Dave Matthews concert is nothing like, for instance, the Taylor Swift era's thing where it's, like, this whole big production and, like, everything's very scripted, you know, choreographed dances, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, if that's what you look for in a concert, Dave's going to be very disappointed. It's going to
2: be a little different than T-Swizzle.
1: But if you're talking about straight musicianship and just amazing uh, artistry, um, like, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone better live. As far as musicianship goes, I mean, it was just, it was just fantastic. So, yeah, incredible. Well, yeah, that's what has been going on in my world. What about you guys? You don't got anything, anything interesting happening?
0: Well, I had an exciting weekend. Why last is that? Weekend because
1: Barbenheimer happened. Oh my word! That's right. The internet
0: sensation turned cultural lightning rod. That is Barbie and Oppenheimer debuting in the theaters on the same weekend. And I and a group of some other gentlemen viewed Oppenheimer at 6 p.m. in 70 millimeter film. So what that means is normally when you go to the movies nowadays when they're projecting the movie onto the screen, it's a digital projection. So it's been digitally transferred depending on how, how the movie was actually filmed. Well, Nolan is still very old school. So he films an IMAX 70 millimeter. Uh, There's no IMAX 70 millimeter in, in Birmingham or in the state of Alabama. You, you have IMAX, but it's a digital kind of replication of the film version. But they off Patton Creek offered an actual film version of Oppenheimer. So it was a film projector. It was a real film that we were watching uh, different than IMAX. and uh, film is in 12k. So if your TV is in 4k, this is 12k. And this is how you used to watch movies back in the day.
1: My my grandchildren are gonna be watching like a thousand K <laughs> or something. Like what's what's gonna happen? I don't even know.
2: Yeah, Apple yeah. VR. I don't know. Uh, but I, f- I felt like an idiot because Brad it, came. I was like, hey, I think there's something wrong with the projector. <laughs> like it's you know what I'm talking yeah, about in it- the, the little. What, yeah, what would you call it? I don't like know. static.
1: Almost is what it's like. <laughs> well, no, no, Brad. See, back when we used to actually watch things on film, that was part of the movie experience. Yeah, my children will never know the joy of film breaking during the movie. Did y'all ever have that experience? I had it at least twice. I
0: don't know if a mm. film broke, but I can remember it going black. Oh no! And it, like it, the screen. At least, going
1: black. No, the screen would go white. Oh, okay, so at okay. least twice the literal film that's rotating, right? Snapped. Yeah. And they have to stop in the midst of the movie. movie, They have to stop the movie and fix it. It happened to me. The two that I remember, it happened when I went to the theater. I was a kid. I watched Casper.
0: Uh huh. Um,
1: And then Uh it happened during one of the Matrix movies. I don't remember which (laughs) that I saw. And it was, yep. It's, it's, uh, but no longer, no longer do you get that experience. Anyway, so 70 millimeters. So we saw
0: Oppenheimer. Uh, I, I would recommend it. There is some, uh, there is some content in it, so viewers beware. It is rated R. I'm just throwing that out there. I didn't know what the content was going to be. I knew it was rated R going into it, so just a heads up, if you are going to watch that incredible movie about the Manhattan Project and the atomic bomb, incredible Christopher Nolan film, and then some of the uh, the older folks left, except for me, and some of the single dudes hung out, stayed with me, like uh, Tim Larson, Patrick Smith... Uh, Kenny McCants, a few others, and we went and saw Barbie at ten twenty that night. Unbelievable! Uh, after we saw Oppenheimer, so we did the double feature. You only stay and, up that uh, late for Dave? Yeah. So <laughs> I'll yeah, say right?
2: I'll say this though: I should have done the double feature because I. How long was Oppenheimer? Three was three hours. Three hours. Yeah. So I drank coffee, which I never do, <laughs> at like five thirty because I was oh, like, my I'm going to fall asleep in this movie. And so I drank coffee, and then just the movie. It, I mean, it can be slow at times, but it's just the content is so intense right. that yeah. I was just so wired. So I didn't go to bed till like one something. I don't know how long Barbie lasted. Yeah, Barbie but. was
0: only like an hour forty five. So much shorter than Oppenheimer. Yeah. I mean, we got out of the theater around twelve. 20 or something like that, yeah. you know, with trailers and all that, but uh, yeah, had a blast and turns out it was a very successful opening weekend for movies, so it was a great day for me personally, I was very excited that people were coming <laughs> to the movies, it was a packed house,
2: yeah, I want to do, it was an, amazing, I want to do an Oppenheimer episode, we should, we could, where, and we, maybe we bring in a historian or something, could we do that, do we have the resources? <laughs> Because it is so f- bringing the History it, Channel, was it so fascinating. I've been listening to podcasts,
1: dude. And, I want to yeah, get the book. I watch, watched movie the documentary be- on Oppenheimer. Did the, the after movie it. was based upon? Hey, yeah. in, in all seriousness, I'm- we can talk about it off off air later. Um, I have in mind, and you know this person, uh, someone who is a World War II expert. Um, and like may or may not own oh. a private World War II museum. Yeah, and like when you hear that. You're like, no, like that means they have a couple. No, it's a World War II museum. In his basement. <laughs> In his basement, complete with a World War II Jeep. So Is he still here? I don't know, but we'll talk about this more often.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, but yeah, so great. I said, you know, it's hard and John Mark and I have talked about this it's hard because The Dark Knight is kind of its own category but I mean it's yeah. definitely up there for me with one Films mm-hmm. I mean it was just yeah. a masterpiece yeah.
0: yeah I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm like Dark Knight number one mm-hmm. Oppenheimer 2 Inception 3 I've got a whole list on Letterboxd okay. if anyone's curious yeah. and nerding out a little bit but Amazing. Woo. All right, well, we should move gentlemen,
1: on. Yeah, we got to move on because we have a guest, and I just got a text from them that they're at the door, so I got to go <laughs> let them in while y'all talk about books and music. All right.
2: Yep.
0: All right, this week's Album of the Week comes from the band Why oak They're an indie rock band. They've been around for a while, actually. Uh, I've enjoyed some of their previous albums and they've got a brand new album out called Every Day Like The Last. This track is called It's Way With Me. They're actually a two piece band. They do a lot of uh, looping and things live to kind of put together their sound. Sometimes the drummer plays drums and keyboard at the same time. Um, And it's a female uh, lead singer Songwriter, so it's just incredible. I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed this band and this album, and there's really not much else to say. I would highly recommend it. It's available anywhere that you can stream music. It just came out uh, June 23rd of this year.
2: All right, and what's the name of the band again? Y Oak. That's W Y E Oak. O-A-K. John Mark, can you tell me a little bit about the origin of this band (laughs) and maybe how they came to develop this type of unique sound that I'm hearing? They
0: are from Baltimore, and I don't know much else about them. Uh, I do know that they came to Birmingham one time and played with the Alabama Symphony Orchestra, which was really, really cool. They kind of did like a like a collaboration with the orchestra. Played some of their original music.
2: How would you describe kind of the socio-cultural landscape of Baltimore in which they grew up in?
0: Brad's egging me on because he sees Zion that's here with me at work today trying to get my attention about Uh, Trivial Nintendo Switch things—they're not trivial to him. So I'm trying to ask him the most complex (laughs) questions I can come up with. Uh, I really like this record a lot, so I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you know of this band or if you've ever heard of them before. Why Oak? I'm gonna check it out every day. That's a really cool vibe. It it really is. All right, book time. What? (laughs) It's broken. (laughs) I think.
1: I wish. I wish it was broken. We finally
2: broke it. (laughs) The live orchestra and choir. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just stopped it at a random spot.
2: Welcome to another edition of Bradford's Book Club. We're glad to have you with us. Today, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, a hot topic right now. Just the other week in worship planning, we had a very long conversation about. AI and how are you guys feeling about it in general? Well, does everybody when you think know about that, artificial intelligence?
1: Well, does everybody know that Shades Midweek is no longer actually us, that we've all just given voice samples to AI and we type in what we want the episode? Like, I'm not even talking right now.
2: It's a massive AI episode. <laughs> well,
1: Man, well, and also to answer your question more seriously, um, dude, we should do an AI episode. Yes. We should do a whole AI episode because I have. I have some mixed feelings and thoughts and all those kinds of things about it. I bet our guest today, as a writer, has some thoughts and feelings about AI.
2: Mm, We'll have to see. Well, as we can see, the book that I'm about to recommend is very timely. It's cleverly titled, The Robot Will See You Now, Artificial Intelligence and the Christian Faith. And it's written by a bunch of uh, Brits, a bunch of Europeans, and edited by John Wyatt and Stephen Williams. So I'm just going to read some of the chapter titles because I think it might pique your interest. All right? So how about this one, John Mark? Out of the Machine, Cinema and Science Fiction. Hey. One chapter. Behind Artificial Intelligence, Being Human in a World of Intelligent Machines. What is it to be a person? The big one here as we talk about this. Uh, Robots, AI, and human uniqueness. Learning what not to fear. The future of humanity. Sex tech. Simulated relationships with machines. That's sure to be a wild read. Are robots coming for our jobs? Another chapter. The impact of AI and robotics on health and social care. John Mark, you might be interested in this one. Art music and ai the uses of ai in artistic creation hmm and then finally to end it a little dessert the question of surveillance capitalism <laughs> <laughs> so wow yeah, <laughs> yes so lots of fun stuff you know um have you read it y- uh, I haven't. I mean, I've read. I've read parts of it. You know how Instagram. This is one of those books you go to, and it's like, okay, what chapter am I kind of? Oh, sure. Am I interested in? So Aren't that's kind of how. By different authors. That's how read, yeah. So it's it's all different authors, but but in, you know, from my understanding, it's written from kind of a broadly evangelical theological perspective.
1: So, so not to not to tease anything, but it wasn't until you're reading through those chapter titles that I began to reflect on the the series that we have brainstormed for Advent. Mm-hmm. this year and the relevant ways in which we might incorporate talking about AI
2: a little bit. aha huh that. that, that very interesting. interesting. Well, well, Next year we
0: talked about purchasing the new Apple VR headsets for everyone in the car. Everyone. Right? Yeah.
1: That's and how and, you know, we're, we're going to experience just Sunday morning. It's going to be church from home, just virtual. Exactly.
2: <laughs> that's the, that's the trajectory that we're going on.
1: We could sell the building and probably afford it.
2: Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, this conversation is moving so rapidly. So, like, we had the big conversation about chat, uh, GPT, and worship planning, and it was really the first time I had thought about it. And then I was on Twitter, and some guy was like, hey, chat, GPT is like a thing of the past. Like, look at all this yeah. these new things that are coming out with AI. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I feel old and... We should talk about whether or not we think robots are going to take over the world.
0: I get a lot of AI-generated content on my Instagram reels. Oh, I don't okay. know if you, any of you do, but it'll be like uh, like an AI-generated song. So for some reason, I keep getting these uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> I don't know why, because I, I don't watch SpongeBob, but... Okay. I keep getting these SpongeBob SquarePants characters singing songs. It's AI generated songs, and they take their voice, and it's them singing. And it's like I've seen worship songs uh, with, I, I with saw, like Squidward, and it's the most random. There, it's actually really funny. <laughs> but that's the, when we're talking about AI and music. I feel like that's the extent. Like, wow. I, I find it humorous, but I don't want it to be writing music. Itself. Well, then, like AI okay. and movies,
1: like I, uh, I, I ran into this whole series of videos on YouTube that would take different uh, films or uh, uh, film series and be like uh, trailers of them in, oh, yeah. as if Wes Anderson had done them. Yeah, so so it's like Star one. Wars by Wes Anderson, yeah. or whatever, but it's all AI-generated, yeah. and it's wild. Well, it, I,
0: it, it's a big part of the conversation right now. I mean, that's part of why the writers and the actors are on strike um, in Hollywood. Need some uh,
1: job security, Artificial man. intelligence
0: mm. is a big part of that conversation. There's so a chapter on that. Everyone's talking about it right now. So everyone's talking
2: about great it. Great book. The Robot we'll Will See, see you, you Now. Okay. Yeah. Edited by John White
1: and Stephen N. Williams. Well, we are really excited because today, fellas, it's time to meet a member. Yeah.
2: All right. Our live studio audience is excited as well. Why are they excited, Jonathan?
1: They are excited because in the house, we have none other than the one and only Melanie Fincher. Melanie.
3: (laughs) Hello. Welcome
1: to 3Stream Studios. Is it as luxurious as you imagined?
3: (laughs) You know, I don't know what I imagined, but <laughs> this is an impressive setup we've got here.
1: We know, we know. <laughs> oh, well, Melanie, we are excited to uh, to have you here.
3: Me too. And
1: to be able to get to know a little bit more of your story. So, have you have you listened to like Meet a Members before and all that? I have. Okay, yeah. so you know ha- how this you know. You Do know you have routine. a favorite
2: Meet a Member <laughs> when you think about it?
1: Do you just have a favorite member of Shades? <laughs>
3: I think my favorite... Who's your favorite pastor? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, probably the Bill Ferris episode. Oh, nice.
1: Ah.
3: Yeah, he has an interesting story. Yeah. So.
1: Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. So interesting is always a word that goes together with Bill Ferris, who, by the way, I believe... See out of I the country right now? I don't now? know if it was today or yesterday. He was getting on a plane oh, yeah. to head to Italy uh, for his, his daughter's wedding. To officiate. Right? Yeah. So,
2: Amazing. France. France. Fly. Oh,
1: France, not Italy. That's right. I think it was Italy at one point. It changed to France. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Bill's having, you know, bagels this morning, (laughs) climbing the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) But back to Melanie, because that's more important. So Well, Melanie, you know how this goes. So just get us started. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up, where you from, all that.
3: So, I'm from um, Athens, Georgia. Oh. Um, yes. My parents both worked at Go the dogs. university. Go dogs. Um, and so, I grew up there. Um, they were both believers, and I went to a Southern Baptist church. Um, so, I, you know, people make a lot of jokes about the SBC, and I am here for all of the jokes. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'm grateful for that upbringing. It's um, you know, where I came to know the Lord. And there were a lot of really important, uh, spiritual mentors to me in that church. So, um, yeah, I had a, I had a pretty good experience there. Um,
1: you got, you got siblings.
3: Yeah, I do. I have a younger brother, um, Davis. He's two years younger than me. Um, we're very different. Um, (laughs) he, yeah, Um, I'm very type A, and I would say he's very, very type B. So So just the two Mm of you. Right. You
1: as the the oldest. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's a responsibility of the oldest to be a type A. Or, like, not responsibility. Like, it's like just standard.
2: Birth order. Birth. birth, I can't talk. (laughs) Burr, burr, burr. Birth (laughs) order is a real thing, is what I tried to say before I had a heart attack.
1: <laughs> it really it's true. is.
2: Jordan just got a book on it. I can't remember the title of it. I'll have to. Is
1: it the Birth Order book? <laughs> I think that's the <laughs> standard one. Oh, is that it? Okay, yeah, or something like that. But yeah. Anyway, so you're
2: so you're kind of the classic type A.
3: Yeah, I would say so. Well, a lot of people tell me that I'm I'm relaxed. I think I'm outwardly I give off like a calm demeanor, maybe, but inside. It is very tightly wound.
1: So, <laughs> 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 so uh, what what was your schooling like growing up? Private school, public school?
3: Public school. Um, yeah. I, growing
1: up with two professors, like what 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 did they teach?
3: Well, they weren't professors. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, um, so my dad, oh goodness, um, my knowledge is very limited of what they do because um, it's very niche. But my dad mm. was. The um, director of technology transfer at UGA. So it has to do with like um, intellectual property, gotcha, um, gotcha. transferring them between universities and private organizations. And then my mom works in that same office still um, as a plant licensing manager. So when researchers and like faculty members at the university um, come up with new breeds of plants, she helps to like license those and bring them to the market and commercialize them. So, wow. Yep.
1: Dude, just just <laughs> whole jobs and careers that you just never even <laughs> knew or dreamed existed. You know, it's just. This is nuts.
2: Well, and I love you said that you didn't really know what your dad did because I have this theory that like most people don't know what their dads do (laughs) with their jobs. Dude, like the more people I talk to, it's like he kind—he's in business. It's like (laughs) something with like contracts or like that's the way I'm like with my dad.
1: When when I I was in kindergarten, (laughs) when I was in kindergarten, they did this whole thing where you had to like go around the room and tell what your dad did. And I'm like, well, my dad is a pastor. And they're like, what does he do? And I end up in tears because – and they they end up calling a teacher from another room who's a member at our church who comes and helps me explain what my dad
0: does. (laughs) Let me just
1: tell you, I I can answer that question much better now as far Uh, as, like, what my dad did. But – anyway. But yeah, no, I think I think that is totally standard, like, true. People like, I don't know what he does or what my <laughs> mom does. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, well, it'd be yeah. interesting to see if my kids could describe what I do at all. You anyway. should bring them on. Back to Melanie.
3: <laughs>
2: so, speaking of kids, tell us about kid Melanie. What was she like? How would you describe her?
3: Um, I would say no surprise to anyone that knows me. She was shy and quiet. Mm. Um, but I do think that uh, i had more self confidence as a little kid you know that like self confidence that only kids can have where it's like they haven't quite been like kicked down <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yes. the world hasn't beat, beat them down, down. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so ah, i yes. d- yeah i do remember like having a good group of friends and feeling like pretty comfortable in my own skin you know that only lasted so long though um but pretty pretty shy um I did. I did dance from a young age. Um, my mom put me in dance when I was eight, and I did that
1: like like ballet or tap or a little, bit, or of a little bit of everything, jazz, like all the all the things, all
3: of them. Yeah. Um. So went to dance competitions, things like that. It was a very intense world, like very much the dance mom's world. Mm. Um. Although I will say, my mom was not a dance mom, just to be clear. But <laughs> um, it was that kind of environment. Sure. Um. So, yeah, even though I was such a shy kid, I think performing, there's something about that distance between, like, myself and the audience that Mm -hmm. was easier for me. Like, I could separate it a little bit from myself. Um, So that was a good outlet for me, I think, as a really shy, quiet kid.
1: Yeah. Mm, Yeah. So you were into dance. Did you have any other hobbies or interests growing up?
3: Um... Really well, I guess I I play the piano. Um, for whoa, 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 not anymore. <laughs> Don't get too <laughs> excited. Um, I played the piano was until like early high school, and I quit and I, I never practiced again. Um, which was a mistake cuz i really wish i could i could pick it up again but it's just if i sit in front of a piano now it's very slow i'm just like plucking along very slowly
2: do you have a like a go to song though like say you're at an airport and there's a piano you know like a grand piano in the middle of the terminal no. and you're stepping up to it do you have do you have a go to song <laughs> that you could play no
3: <laughs> i don't even have that at this point so <laughs> it's a shame Maybe. Yeah, I feel bad for my parents for investing that money and time into the piano lessons. Mm. Don't do what I did. No, no, <laughs> it, it, but it
1: still, it plays into development, like as a person, it it really, really does. And so one of the things that I know it played into for you is your love for music, which I didn't know that you were a big <laughs> music buff until recently. I forget yeah. how I discovered that. We were in some conversation.
3: Brenna's wedding. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, we were at Brenna's. Oh, that's what it was. We were at Brenna's wedding, and there's a dance afterwards, and the band they had a live band playing, and so we're out there on the dance floor just having fun. And out of the corner of my eye, I see Melanie like singing along with a song, and then the next one, and the next, and she knew every lyric to every song, and I knew like maybe forty percent of these songs, and I consider myself a music fan and aficionado. I'm like, what is happening right now? You're old, Jonathan. <laughs> Apparently, but it, no, it wasn't just—it wasn't just like new stuff. It was, it was like the classics, yeah, it was the classics. Wow. It was the old stuff. So, yeah, how'd your love for music develop?
3: Um, definitely from my parents. I would say mostly my dad. Um, he grew up in Memphis, and you know, really loved mm. like soul and blues and Elvis, of course. And so we mostly listened to music that came out decades before I was born and I would say I still mostly listen to music Mm. (laughs) that came out before I was born. Um, so yeah, I think that was really the main thing that introduced me to a lot of music. And then as an adult, I think I've kind of rediscovered a lot of that Mm. music and like dope dived in even deeper, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: What, what are some of your favorites?
3: Um, I love the band, um, Almond brothers. Um, Let's see.
1: She should have been here earlier when I told my Dave Matthews story. Yeah, I was at I Dave know. Matthews yeah. concert last oh, night. Oh yeah! And uh, for three songs, they had a guest, uh, Chuck LaValle, who was the keyboardist for the Allman Brothers in the seventies, and nice. they played "Melissa."
3: Oh man, yeah. Um, me and Claire Hurd and Virginia Williams went to an Allman Brothers uh, tribute concert a couple months ago. Nice, yeah. it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you recently
1: went to the Foo Fighters as well, I believe. I Big did. Foo Fighters fan.
3: Yeah, that's kind of a new thing. Like when I was young, my brother was into the Foo Fighters, and I was kind of like, eh, it's okay. But as I got older, I, I got more into them. Um, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so the concert was great. Um,
2: yeah, they're awesome live.
3: Yeah. Have you seen them?
2: Yeah, so I saw them at the BJCC. I'm trying to remember where that was. The last time they were in Birmingham, because they were at Oak Mountain yeah. this past time. But yeah. it's I wish they would have done a bigger venue, because it sold out I like know. crazy fast.
3: Yeah, uh, Dave Grohl at one point said something about, like, this is a really intimate show for <laughs> us. But there were, like, 8,000 people <laughs> right, there. Right, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh,
2: yeah, that's fun. I
1: wish I could have gone. Oh They're awesome Lord. live. So tell us uh, a little bit about high school. What uh, what was Melanie like in high school?
3: Um, High school, I think things got better for me. Um I like gave up dance and I did color guard. Um and I made a really good group of friends through that. Um I would say for those
1: who don't know, <laughs> what is color guard?
3: Do you know what Yes, I know oh, what okay. color guard is. Um it's also called flag line. It's just mm-hmm. like um with the marching band you'll see um people with the flags out there tossing them, spinning them. Um it's kind of like dance-based, so it was related for me, and I just kind of learned the flag stuff as I went. Um,
1: so I am waiting. The reason I made you go into this okay. is now that I know this, I'm waiting for the Sunday <laughs> when you bust you out make that one of the flags some, from the back and, and show us show, show some color guard moves. And, and just know. blow everyone's mind. <laughs> I really amazing. thought
3: about it. I've really thought about We're it. We're going to
1: get one that's actually, like, Color guard size, like, with the pole, and it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> tall and all that.
3: Yes. I would need one with, like, the right weight. So
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Now, like, baton twirling, that's, like, a, a whole different thing, right? Yeah.
3: That's different. So, we would also do rifles on Color Guard, too, if you've ever oh, seen yep. that. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. Um, but, like, majorettes and stuff was different. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah, so that was really fun. Um, I was definitely like a goody two-shoes in high school, very um, school-focused and very anxious about school. That was probably the most stressful time in my life with the exception of like some personal things. Aside, yeah, it was just like so much pressure to to do the right thing and Mm -hmm. to you know, get all the credits. And I look back on it and I'm like, why did I put so much pressure on myself? I was so anxious at that mm. time in my life.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah. Tell us a little bit about your faith journey. Like as, as, so I don't know, you, you might want to go on and tell us a little bit about college years. We can go in whatever order you want to go in. Cause I don't know. Most people that grow up within uh, a household uh, of believers, you know, they, they grow up exposed to the gospel for as long as they can remember. But usually there's some point in their life where their faith kind of becomes their own, you know? Um, And so, yeah, just tell us a little bit about, about your faith journey and kind of when that, that happened for you.
3: Yeah. Well, when I was nine, I got baptized. um, And it was kind of like, I think for me at that age, it was more just kind of acknowledging like, yes, I believe Jesus was the son of God. And then he rose from the dead, but I don't think I truly gave my life to Christ at that point. I, I think I just kind of did, looked around my Sunday school class and was like, okay, I guess it's time for me to do this too. Um, so I like walked down that aisle during the altar call. It was very terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, after that, I kind of just went on my way. How,
1: how large was your Baptist church? Was it big, small, um, medium? medium? Medium, I would say. Traditional yeah.
3: Pretty traditional. Kay. In the early years, the choir did wear robes oh, yeah. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So eventually... I'm gauging
1: the similarity of our experiences. <laughs> <right>.
3: oh. <laughs> it kind of... Um, there was a little bit of like a division in the church of old and new. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, we eventually had like a contemporary service at, and a traditional service. Very controversial. Service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a fight for a while um, between those. But I think it it modernized a little bit. They stopped with the robes eventually. Um, all
1: right. So back to the more important things. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you walk the aisle. Yeah. Nine years old.
3: Right. And so then, you know, I just kind of continue on, um, kind of thinking I'm a Christian, but not really nothing about my life has changed, I guess. Um, and then, but I was continuing to be like involved in church and going to youth group and stuff like that. Um, but at the age of 15, I went to church camp and, um, I don't even remember what the sermon was about, honestly, but I just remember the pastor at the end said something like, you know, um, if you walk down the aisle, like maybe you walked down the aisle when you were a kid, but, um, you've never truly like given your life to Christ. And I just felt like this overwhelming emotional sensation, which is very unusual for me. Um, just like, started sobbing, and I felt like it was the first time the Lord really spoke to me, and was just like, mm-hmm. you know, that's you, like it was an invitation from Him, and so um, I just remember feeling this super nervous energy, um, and um, very scared to talk to somebody about it, and I kind of now know that that energy was like the Holy Spirit, I think, because to this day, I still get that kind of nervous energy if I'm feeling a prompting um, or something like that, but at the mm-hmm. time, I was completely freaked out about the sensation. Um, but, yeah, I um, I think that's when I truly gave my life to Christ um, was when I was 15. But the rest of high school I didn't really have, even though I was involved in a church, I didn't really have true Christian community. Um, so I feel like I was a little bit on an island, um, you know, trying to figure things out. And it wasn't until college when um, I got involved with um, – a campus ministry called the Wesley foundation, which is like tied to the Methodist church. Right, right. Um,
1: and college was where
3: the university of Georgia, oh, sure <laughs> I just making sure everybody knew,
1: making sure everybody knew.
3: Um, and once I got involved with that campus ministry, like my faith grew exponentially. I think it was just, um, compared to my upbringing, it was a lot more charismatic, I would say. And so, um, just the idea that. And those y-
1: holiness roots. A lot of people don't know <laughs> that there are common roots, uh, like Pentecostalism has some common ties with the Methodist really? Church. And it all comes out of what's what's called a holiness movement background, and so yeah, because when when you just look at the externals of Pentecostalism and kind of the way that uh, a worship service looks, and then you look at the externals of Methodism, like there's nothing that would make you think these two things have ever like (laughs) cross-pollinated, but uh, but yeah, there's a historical connection there, and so so it actually makes sense that you find fairly frequently some charismatic expressions. Mm In Methodist circles, like like for instance, the the big the uh, recent revival, the recent revival started in Kentucky. At, um, uh, Asbury, yeah, Asbury, yeah, Asbury, started yeah. Asbury. Asbury. Oh, yeah. So um, Craig Keener, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, is not as it's not as strange of a connection as you would think. So okay. so you get involved with uh with what would you say it was called the Wesleyan
3: Wesley Foundation, the Wesley Foundation, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, So, yeah, even just the idea of like praying out loud, you know, not in my bedroom by myself, praying in community, (laughs) um, you know, things like prophecy, all of that was brand new to me. Honestly, like the idea of the Holy Spirit (laughs) and like understanding that was completely new to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, my faith just grew exponentially in that environment. Um, Yeah, that was huge for me.
2: What was your major?
3: Journalism and International Affairs.
2: Okay. Yeah. So what were you thinking at the time?
3: Uh, I was thinking maybe communications for like a NGO, some sort of international nonprofit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to be a do-gooder, I think, a little bit, and mm-hmm. I wanted to have something that was meaningful as a career path, but I interned at a nonprofit. Um, and it wasn't a bad experience, but it was just clear to me that that wasn't... Mm-hmm my path. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I guess the international affairs was just for fun. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> sounds
3: fun.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, we want to keep going <laughs> with your story, but before we do that, you know what's about to happen, right? I do. <laughs> you've been you've been preparing your entire life for this moment. <laughs> Let's do a
2: lightning round. <laughs> yes, the lightning round a time for us to ask questions at a lightning speed that's what and we for you really to respond you. at a lightning speed as well that's why we call it the lightning round i'm telling you just justin, a little background there
0: justin gibbon has me a little you know cautious to even ask the first question now after last week <laughs> mm-hmm. uh
1: you Dude, don't it's tradition though
0: it you it gotta is. keep we doing have it to.
1: you have to it's you have a response
0: all right melanie how do you like your eggs
3: um scrambled with cheese or over medium mm.
1: okay. scrambled with cheese I like you don't hear over medium a lot so
3: yeah just a nice middle ground yeah mm.
1: yeah I like it do
2: you believe that aliens exist why or why not
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this one um no <laughs> I think That's
1: a perfectly acceptable <laughs> answer. Don't let Brad rattle you. <laughs> how often do you floss
3: um i actually try to floss every night no way yeah
1: wow. in I, what i think i'm learning as we continue to ask that question is that it's just the 3 of us who are terrible flossers we have we have issues it's just us
0: if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation where would you go
3: i'd like to go to scotland and ireland Oh, yeah.
1: Nice. Scotland's amazing. Do you know I have a sister that lives in Scotland?
3: No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's it's a recent development on the scale of, of a lifetime. Like, she's been there for about a year and a half now. Okay, cool. So, but, yeah. 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 It, oh, it's ridiculous gorgeous. I mean, I haven't been. Brad's been. It's amazing. Yeah. I would highly he recommend didn't see it. anything but a golf course while he was there. So. That's all that's there.
2: <laughs> okay. Do you live in an apartment or a house? Apartment. Okay. Your apartment's on fire. Everything's burning. <laughs> and you only have time to get out with one object. So like cats, dogs, people, everything else is out. You okay. only have time to grab one
1: object. What are you grabbing and why?
3: Um...
1: The flames are getting higher, Melanie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no time. Um, this is kind of a serious response, but mm-hmm. I... That's okay. Um, I have like a letter, a frame letter from my dad um, mm. that means a lot to me, and I think I would probably take that. That's, that's awesome. a great answer.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy running?
3: No, not at all.
1: <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. I hate it.
2: Outside of the Bible... If you could have any book or movie completely memorized, what would it be?
3: Oh, goodness. Um, maybe The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe.
1: Ah. Mm. There like you it. go. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Would you ever skydive?
3: No. <laughs> I'm, I'm too scared of heights.
0: <laughs> Who would play you in a movie about your life? What actress?
3: I think I'm in a Maybe butcher her name, but I think it's pronounced Sersha Ronan. Yeah, you know Sersha Ronan. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's like in Little Woman and mm-hmm. Ladybird. She's yep. really great. Grand
0: Budapest oh, Hotel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: she's awesome. I'm so sorry for this question. Uh oh. Tell us a joke.
3: No. <laughs>
2: That's the worst. <laughs> Why, Brad? Why? It's, it's literally one of the boy. worst questions you can ask
1: somebody. Oh,
3: my God. I, r- I don't. I'm not a jokester.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you deserve a pass on this. Yeah, everybody gets one pass. Everybody gets a pass.
2: You know what's funny is how hard it is to have a joke come to mind. Like, I can't even think of a joke right now. It used to be an old... I can't think of one uh, joke. I think before devices
0: and things like that, when people had to entertain themselves, they would just memorize jokes. (laughs) I really do think it's a generational thing. I think think you're right. we, We can entertain ourselves so much with whatever we have. There's no reason to learn jokes. There was definitely no a reason. point
1: at which I had probably fifty Chuck Norris jokes memorized, <laughs> and I can't think of any of them right now. <laughs> so
0: it's a lost art. I'm telling oh you, it's word. a lost art.
1: Anyway. Do you do you have a tattoo?
3: I do, yeah.
1: Oh. Uh it's awesome. my
3: yeah. It's the letter I, I talked about, that's mm-hmm. my dad's signature from it. Oh, that's so.
1: awesome. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. awesome. For those who obviously can't see what we can see, it's on her left forearm and it says love dad so it's awesome all right so
0: you mentioned some of your favorite bands earlier you mentioned the band you mentioned the Almond brothers what about your favorite concert that you've ever been to
3: i've seen um the head and the heart live a couple times and they're really great okay um i just have to say that my first ever concert was the jonas brothers wow nice (laughs) and that was great too
1: oh that's crap. <laughs> i bet it was hilarious.
2: um okay if you could what <laughs> if you could shop for free at one store in one store only which one would you choose wow hmm. and it
1: has it can't be amazon yeah <laughs> dude i know my answer to this so fast <laughs> all right
3: um i think target
1: ah yeah yeah, I was definitely going to either go, like, Target or Walmart, because I'm like, I'm going somewhere with groceries just <laughs> so, so I clothes, can get my. Because then, I mean, like, because your natural instinct would be like, I'm going to pick the Apple store. But I'm like, man, <laughs> if I pick a grocery store, I can afford whatever I want <laughs> from the Apple store. Yeah, that's my true. My goodness.
0: You're having a uh, you're having some friends over for dinner, but your friends can be anyone dead or alive in all of history that you are going to have over for this party. So excluding the Bible. Celebrities, excluding, excluding, the Bible. excluding the Bible. So who are these three people
1: going to be?
3: Um I think Dolly Parton. Yeah. I think oh. she'd have some great well, there's, stories. There's still a
1: possibility here. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
3: Um maybe Ina Garten cuz she, she would maybe help with the cooking a little bit and okay. she's <laughs> also just so fun. Um and then Maybe Paul McCartney, too, because I think oh, he would have some yeah. great stories.
1: Nice. Mm. Yeah, he would. Nice. W- what's
2: your most used phone app?
3: Probably just text text messages, I would say. That's not very exciting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's your go-to snack? Popcorn. So
0: since you mentioned the band earlier, are you familiar mm. with the basement tapes? <laughs> have you, are you familiar with any of the work that the band did with Bob Dylan?
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Do, you like, do you like the basement tapes?
3: Um, Or any of
0: those records?
3: I don't know that I know them too well. I just know about it from, um, there's like this documentary called, I think, A Band band of Brothers. That might be something else. But there's this documentary about the band um, and it talks a lot about their time with Bob Dylan. But I don't know too much of the music from
1: That's cool.
0: That's cool. Well, The Last Waltz. Have you ever seen that documentary? That's a good one too. Scorsese documentary. All
1: right. This is my last one. What's the best Halloween costume you've ever wore? Mm,
3: Let's see. Well, it wasn't for Halloween, but we just, um, I just had a, (laughs) some friends and I had a Shrek watch party. No way. um, Called the (laughs) Shrekening And... (laughs)
0: You just watched the first.
1: This is better than what I was hoping. The first
0: Shrek, or did you watch like were there a few films, or was it just the first Shrek film?
3: The first two. Okay. Um, because the second is arguably arguably better than the first, I would say. Okay. Um, and I dressed up as Puss in Boots, and I was pretty. I was pretty proud of that costume. I made my own sword out of aluminum foil, and I had like makeup on my face cap makeup
1: are there pictures
3: there are yeah
2: i always oh, appreciate adults that commit to a costume <laughs> you know like th- it's something like for me there's a little block like it's really hard i have to be like no i'm not gonna dress up and then it's like no i'm doing this like i'm committing i don't care who makes fun of me i'm doing this do you all feel that am i alone in this i love it yep. okay i got one more should yep. we conclude that's with this that's it. Yep. okay here's a pretty important one a penguin walks through the door right now, and he's wearing a sombrero. What does he say, and why is he here?
3: Good grief!
2: He can talk. He can talk. But apparently. Apparently, yeah.
3: Oh gosh. Penguin
2: sombrero in the room. What does he say, and why is he here? <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is the dumbest question. I mean, Brad, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I hope that he would maybe invite us out to a Mexican restaurant with him or something like that.
2: Yep. So he's here to invite us to lunch. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great response. Get some fajitas. (laughs) That's a great response. All right. We survived the lightning round
0: once again. Here we are on the other side.
2: (laughs) How was it? We did Sitting in the hot seat. It was hit by lightning.
3: My anxiety was high, um, yeah. but it wasn't terrible. Well, it's okay. over now. That's good.
1: <laughs> oh, my word.
0: The storm's passed.
3: <gasps> well, back
1: to things that are that are more important. So so you graduate from UGA circa what, what, what year? 2019.
3: 2019.
1: All right. And do you immediately move to Birmingham? Yes. So what brought you here?
3: Um, work, a job. Yeah, I um, moved here a month after I graduated to work at All Recipes as a writer. Um
1: for those of you who have ever googled like how to make something, you know, it, all recipes is debatably the first thing that comes up like every time.
3: Yes, it's the largest food website in the world.
1: Oh wow. wow. <laughs> are they based in Birmingham?
3: Um kind of like we have um an office in Birmingham, but there are people in multiple offices around the country.
2: Okay. Yeah. And why this job?
3: Um, you know, to be honest, I wasn't that great of a cook when I took it, but I was interested in lifestyle journalism. Um, and so it was just a really great opportunity. And I learned a lot about cooking on the job. I think I became a better cook because of that job.
2: Mm.
1: So, and, and you said you took the job at your position was,
3: um, um just staff writer. Staff writer. <laughs> so,
1: what are you writing when you write for something like All Recipes?
3: Yeah. Well, I'm writing a lot. Um, of seo focused content so um you know things that people google basically so things like how to soften butter how do you store lettuce i don't know things like that that Um, people are just searching on a daily basis and trying to write it in a way that it's optimized for search and it'll, it'll rise in the ranks and hopefully be the first thing that people click on when they search for that. So it was a lot of that type of content. I also wrote, um, some shopping content where we like tested, you know, uh, Dutch ovens or kitchen gadgets. And I, um, would write those reviews up. Were
1: were you the one testing these things? Like you would get this product and test it?
3: Not really. Normally, we had, um, we either had somebody in like our test kitchens, okay, like people with actual culinary backgrounds, text, <laughs> <Right. laughs> test the products, um, or like a freelancer um, would test them and then I would write it up.
2: You, you said, you said SEO writing. Mm-hmm. I know what that is, but for those that don't, <laughs> would you mind sharing what that means?
3: Yes, uh, search engine optimization.
2: Oh, yeah. So, did you enjoy? Do you, are you still doing that currently?
3: I'm now at Southern Living.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you enjoy doing that?
3: I did. Yeah. It, it is kind of. Um, it's very rewarding and almost a little bit like a game to see mm. your story like rising in, mm. in the search results pages and like, you know, it's it's a direct. Um,
1: like it's very it's very. Uh, Edifying is the word that's yes. coming to mind. Yeah. I, you
2: know, it's kind of an immediate response, you right. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you did it well or not. Right. right Affirmation. Right.
1: Affirmation, yeah. yeah. So are you doing something similar for Southern Living?
3: I'm um, fully doing shopping content for them okay. now. So. Right. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm trying to figure out a way to tactfully get you to share a story that you shared with me recently, but I can't figure out a way <laughs> to get there, so I'm just going to go direct. Um. So the story about you ending up on this trip – uh, with all of these social media influencers.
3: Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so was this work-related? Yes. I, I felt like it was. So so, just tell us a little bit about like how you ended up on this trip. What, what is this? Why they contact you, all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah, so especially if you're a shopping editor, a lot of brands will like reach out and want you to go on their press tours where they'll have journalists and sometimes social media influencers come and like wow. tour their facilities you know, get to know the products better, that type of stuff. I don't normally go on them because most of them that I get invited to aren't really relevant to what I'm writing about. But this one was an outdoor furniture company that I've written about a fair amount. Um, And so they invited us out um, to Syracuse, Indiana, which is about an hour from South Bend. Um, We, on the drive from the airport to the headquarters, we passed, like, buggies with Amish people in them. Like it was, (laughs) it was very rural. Um, but it was beautiful. It was on a And You're like
1: on a bus with how many people?
3: Um, on the way there was just, uh, there were just two other people. But once I got there, there were all these mostly designers and social media influencers there and some like (laughs) HGTV people and stuff. Um, and, so i was very much the least cool person there <laughs> um i was probably the only one there that didn't have 50,000 plus instagram followers i would say wow. um and uh. it was it was an interesting time the <laughs> um the people were nice but um it was just like how did i get here how <laughs> right, am i right. in this hotel in the middle of nowhere indiana with a bunch of social media influencers that's
2: hilarious were they constantly were there a lot doing of, like videos that's what i was gonna ask were there a
0: lot of like story captures and things like that happening
3: when we um when we toured the facility there there was a lot of, of <laughs> yeah <laughs> as to be happening. expected yes
0: yes
1: oh, my word Anyway, sorry, when you shared that with me, not that long ago. You'll have to ask her if you want some more details that she probably can't Off share. Air.
2: <laughs> On air. <laughs> yeah. Confidentiality there, and all that. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's just a couple <laughs> more funny stories in there. Yeah. But anyway, but that's cool. So, do you get to travel much with your job like that?
3: Um, Not that much. I'm Kay. going to New York in the fall nice. to visit the the office there where my boss is. But for like press trips and stuff, I don't do mm. that many.
2: Cool. Caroline Grant was at Southern Living. At some point, for a, yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's right. And then my aunt, she would have been Julie Fisher. She's Julie Gunner, but she wrote a bunch of cookbooks. So like the ultimate cookbooks, she edited a ton of those. Oh, she was cool. there for a long time. I think she's with emails now. So okay. random anyway. Cool. That's my connection to Southern Living.
1: So so you've told us a little bit about what brought you to Birmingham and kind of what you've been doing over the years on that. Mm-hmm. So how and well when when do you end up at Shades?
3: Um, the fall of 2019.
1: Okay. So not too long after you moved here. Mm -mm. How'd you hear about us?
3: Um so my dentist in <laughs> Athens. Um I, I was at my last dentist appointment. Um, and you know, I was just telling him, Yeah, I'm about to move to Birmingham, I don't know anybody there. And he mentioned, you know, oh my daughter went to Sanford, um, and she's actually still living there. Crazy. Um and I was like, Okay. And he was like he gave me her number and he was like, You two should connect. Um
1: Can we know who this is?
3: Leah France. Lea France. Um France. she has since got married and moved to okay. Tennessee. Okay. Um, but. Um, once I got here, we connected, and I had already been church hopping every week, just like going into a church, sitting by myself, leaving. It mm. was very draining. Yeah. Um. And we met up for dinner, and she mentioned that she um, goes to a church called Shades, and so I came with her one Sunday, and that was pretty much it for me. I was like, okay, I'm done church hopping cool. every week. Wow. That's
1: awesome. I, I don't know why. I felt like you'd been here longer than that, than earlier than 20. Because what's so wild to me is that means you show up in the fall of 2019 and within a matter of months like we're shut down for covid. Yeah. That's wild.
3: I know. Yeah, I had only been here for like 9 months less than that um when we when we shut down. So that was definitely unexpected, moving to a new city and then less yeah. than a year in mm. being like stuck in my apartment. Um but I was so lucky that I found shades and that i found our mid-20s um women's community group because mm-hmm. yeah without that i don't know yeah. i probably would have ended up back home if yeah. it weren't for that mm-hmm.
1: wow
2: wow well wow. so i'm curious you said like i came to shades and i was like this is it mm-hmm. you know there's a part of me that's always surprised when people say that because we are <laughs> such a weird little community <laughs> you know it's like the guy that asks the girl out and she says yes and he's like not expecting that you know like so I'm, I'm curious, what was it about Shades that you were like, okay, this is home?
3: Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that campus ministry that I was involved with, just like the freedom and worship, I would say. And mm. um, something that was new to me that we didn't do at that campus ministry all that much was having people go up and like testify at the end. I think several mm. people did that the first Sunday I was here. And um, they were just so vulnerable and it, um, yeah, it was really moving and it, it made me feel less alone just hearing their stories I think Mm. and it was just clear that it was like a loving and a tight-knit community um and it just felt like a safe place the fact that they could share that and there was no hesitation you know was very different from the experience I had I think for most of my life so
2: Mm. that's so cool and it sounds like the community group had such a big impact on your on your life and being in Birmingham uh why would you say that?
3: Yeah, well, um, like I said, I, I tell Lizzie Kolakowski, our leader, um, I tell her that like, you know, I would have no friends <laughs> in Birmingham <laughs> if it weren't for you, um, because her starting that community group really changed everything for me. And um, it's, I think it Bible studies that I've been a part of in the past, although they've been. They've been helpful, you know, and I've learned a lot from them. They've never truly been communities, I would say. And this one is like we get together, we study the Bible, like we're very serious about that. But also like we are kind of doing our lives together since we're Mm -hmm. mostly like single women who are looking for a community. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's just a group that's like, I would say it's equal parts, just like living life together and also studying the Bible, which is completely different than my past experiences.
1: Do y'all have any more serious questions? Because if if you do, I'll, uh, go ahead and ask them. Because I've got one more thing that we have to talk about with Melanie on here, but go, it's not serious. Go Melanie. for it, John. Go for
0: it. Let's jump to it.
1: Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to share, <laughs> Melanie, before I take us in a ridiculously silly direction?
3: Uh, I think that's it.
1: I shouldn't say that. This is a ridiculously silly, silly direction. I can't wait. It's not. It's not. It's it's because it's very serious. Oh, you uh, built Melanie. it up. It's very serious yeah. for Melanie. I, <laughs> I, a, a surprising direction. So just like I shared earlier, that I learned that Melanie was this music aficionado, mm-hmm. and was, there was a random fact that I learned about Melanie early on that I had, I would, I, I'd never met anybody that did such a thing, and so. In your apartment complex, <laughs> Melanie, you um are a trapper. You uh, you trap wild animals in your apartment complex.
0: Oh man, I should have called you when we had some squirrels in our attic. You could have helped me <laughs> well, out. Well,
1: I don't I don't know because her experience isn't with squirrels. It's with a very okay, okay. specific it's a very, very specific animal, a okay. very specific goal. You want to, you want to share your uh, professional trapping experience.
3: Yes. So the animal that we're talking about is cats. Okay. Um, um. feral cats specifically. Oh. Um, hmm. so I'm pretty passionate about like animal welfare, adoption, all that type of stuff. And so, um, during the pandemic, I noticed that we had so many. Uh, feral cats in our apartment complex. And I was like, is there anything I can do for them? Because it's not, it's not an easy life being a feral cat. Um, And so I kind of Googled it. um, And I learned about this thing called trap neuter return or TNR, which is what a lot of especially big cities are using to control their feral cat populations. So it's um, involves trapping the cats with like a humane feral cat trap which actually is a thing um you and get it on amazon or you probably could yeah. yeah um and then taking them to get fixed and vaccinated and then re-releasing them back into their environment um because feral cats are basically wild animals i mean they are wild animals so they'll unless it's not really fair you, to you them you can't like
1: domesticate them
3: right it's not really fair to them to try to do that or to right. try to like adopt them out um and so, and they're also like cats are very territorial, and they're they're tied to the env- environment. So you need to release them back to you know where they already consider home. So, um, so you does know. that
2: cost something? Like, are you paying for these cats to get the vaccines and?
3: No, actually, so the, um, yeah, the Greater Birmingham Humane Society has a program where you can bring the cats out to their, like, animal care and control facility, and they, um, if you bring them in a trap and everything, they'll fix them and vaccinate them for free and give them back, and then you just go back and release them, Um, so it's it's pretty awesome, yeah.
2: Okay, well, I'm so glad to hear about this, because I had a recent incident. There was a crisis moment with a cat, and... My neighbor and I had no idea what to do, so I go out on my back porch, and my neighbor's like, "Hey, Brad, look up!" And probably a hundred feet up, maybe seventy feet up in a tree, there is a cat, just sitting on like a short limb.
3: Oh no!
1: And Brad's buying a cat trap right after this. That's why he's <laughs> and asking he's about Amazon. he's like, "That Amazon.
2: cat's been up there for like, you know, four or five hours." And oh, so man. he called, so what it, what's your initial thought? For me, growing up in the books, firefighters fire, firefighter, fireman. were always yeah. picking up cats, you know, in the ladder and then hand them to the kid and everyone's right. clapping in the background, you know, like, so that's what I thought. So my neighbor called the fire department. They're, Did like, he really? he's, they're like, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> I mean, that's just a, <laughs> yeah, we're I
1: wonder, not, we doing how many phone calls they get. We're <laughs> not doing that.
2: And so then we're like, okay, hang up. And then he calls the police department. The police department's like, yeah, nothing we can do. You can call animal control. But it's a
1: Sunday. I love that animal control is y'all's third option. Um, it's a
2: Sunday. <laughs> and so he, he Googles it. And another thing that people said is that tree companies, so you can pay like $500 for a tree company to come and they can take the cat down. But outside of that, there are no other options, and animal control wasn't open. And so we were kind of just like, uh, you know, I guess we're going to pray for the cat. So we go to bed, wake up the next morning. The cat is still up there. Oh, no. So it was there through the night, you know, and so then – uh, sometime in the mid morning, I you know, I came to I had to I had to go on with my life, you know, like I felt terrible with this cat. There's literally nothing we could do. So we came back and the cat was gone and there was no like smushed cat on you know around the tree. It was gone. It survived. Well, you, and it's, it's just remarkable.
1: You know they can climb down, right? Yes, like, but I um, mean there were no unless it's a domesticated cat that's had its front claws removed. And then they can't climb It's dead. like there were no limbs
2: beneath it. Though. I mean, that was the crazy thing. It's it doesn't like, have it to have... They can
1: climb straight down the <laughs> trunk of the tree, Brad.
2: It's crazy. Yeah. So it, I'm curious with your expertise, <laughs> would you have any other advice for me or my neighbor? If that happens again. If that happens again. Trap with a dead rat, Apparently, man. I don't need to worry about it. I mean, that cat was like 100 feet up in the what air. Do you it's crazy. a
1: cat with?
3: um normally tuna in oil mm-hmm. so it doesn't dry out
1: yeah uh-huh. um
3: it's very smelly stuff so yeah. maybe you could use i mean i have never encountered a cat that high up in a tree before okay. so okay. but maybe you could try to lure it down somehow with okay. with something like tuna
2: so you wouldn't have climbed up climbed up the
1: tree no okay i didn't know I'm not that dedicated. <laughs> oh even. my word! I just uh, when I found this out about Melanie, I'm just I'm picturing like you know a documentary style Discovery Channel like it's crocodile hunter, but it's Melanie and she's <laughs> hunting. How, cats. How many cats have you saved? Or yeah, saved. I like that word. Rescued, <laughs>
3: redeemed, even. <laughs> um, around ten, I would say. That's awesome! Wow. Yeah.
0: That's
1: do you, awesome. Do you have any pets?
3: I do. I have two cats named Ringo and Star. I'm sensing
1: a <laughs> nice. theme here. Like between the costume and the cat catching. And the, I'm sensing a theme.
3: Yeah.
2: I've, see, now I want to have this whole conversation. Did you grow up with cats? I'm just curious. Yes, only cats. Okay.
3: So, my mom, she grew up on a farm in West Texas with, like, 20 dogs at a time. Like oh, hunting my dogs. gosh. Whoa. Her dad bred them um, for hunting, and she nice. hates dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <because> <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: really went the opposite direction <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, she was always, like, no dogs. Um, we've always had cats. So, I've had nine cats throughout my life. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, you know, I I don't hate dogs unlike my mom but i'm just most comfortable with cats i would say wow. we just got
0: a cat we have a kitten right now whoa named, named uh-huh. amiga did you
2: know that brad had no
0: idea yeah. did you this, know this is, yeah, Jonathan? This, this is
1: old news john mark and i
2: are close yeah, yeah me oh and my Jonathan gosh talk. is it an indoor cat mm-hmm. so how did you get emotional when i was telling that cat story just thinking about <laughs> a little buddy I, I have
0: some funny cat stories from growing up because we had outdoor cats growing up uh, just way out in Harpersville but um yeah we just gotta we have a kitten so. I just I don't we, know how, we I don't know how to
2: interact with a cat
0: I think we'd like you to know? get it that's think the
1: not. beauty of a cat Brad you don't have to but I want to but the then cat like will you let you know when it's time you tomorrow. know what she's very really, clearly. she's really sweet though like she okay. sleeps
0: next to Ashley and she's real chill uh, so okay. it's been fun so are you cleaning the litter box uh, most okay we have kids they clean the litter box <laughs> wow
2: that's one of Moses' okay. chores, child labor. All
0: right. Well,
1: Melanie, I'm sorry for, like, sending us down this massive rabbit hole here. At the this end. cat or, hole.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: at the end. But thank you so much for for coming, taking time out of a work day and sharing your story. And it's awesome. And we love, love having you here at Shades. Mm-hmm. Love that you're part of uh, that women's Bible study. And, yeah. It's just, it's just been awesome just to get to hear a little bit more of your story.
3: Oh, thanks for having me, y'all. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll have to
1: do it again sometime, either to talk music, or maybe we'll have a whole cat episode. Maybe a <laughs> cat versus dog episode. Ooh, that would be fun. Oh, that, that could be like, fun. I have to get maybe. somebody in here who's super passionate about dogs. So, anyway. All right. Well, if you have any questions, burning cat questions that you need answered, or I just, I just thought about the irony of how much you love cats and the fact that you went to UGA, you know, <laughs> where the mascot is That's a That's right. Dog. Yeah.
3: I know. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, though, that my cats are dogs. D-A-W-G-S. Uh, dogs. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and if you have any questions about, you know, the details of Melanie's interactions with the social influencers, because <laughs> I definitely do, <laughs> feel free to email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. Email us because here at midweek, you're part of the con.